You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Uh, so, so earlier this year in January, early January, um, I, it was my 12th anniversary, I celebrated my 12th anniversary of becoming a dad. Right? My, my oldest son turned 12 years old. And, and so over these last 12 years, I've had a great opportunity to build up my dad joke collection. I'm going to save you. I, I won't, I've got some really good ones, but uh, we can talk about those later. But also over these last 12 years, I felt the need to, to work on my cringy dad sayings repertoire. Now, if you're not sure what those are, those are those phrases that kind of most every dad feels like they have to say, even though they don't want to say them themselves. But it's just because we're dads, we have to say them. So things like, when my daughter comes to me or sits on the couch and, and whines and says, I'm hungry, there's only one way as a dad that I can respond. And it's by saying, hi, hungry, I'm dad. Right? So, okay, that, those are the types of things I'm talking about. So, um, I might need your help with some of these. So, like, if you walk into a business or a place of work and you see somebody maybe sitting down, maybe they're at the front desk, maybe they're behind a computer or whatever, and the only way that a, dad, a true dad can greet them is working hard or hardly working, right? Yeah. Or, um, this has not been good today. Uh, I need to. Uh, we go to the next one, or is it frozen on me? All right, so that's all right. Uh, working hard or hardly working. Um, the next, no, it's still not. There we go. All right. The next thing is uh, if in the middle of summer, specifically, or the middle of winter, my child goes outside, goes to the garage, or goes outside and leaves the door wide open. There's only one thing that I can say, right? Were you born in a barn? Yeah. Or, and this one I don't use as much, and it goes really well with being born in a barn, but uh, this one got used on me a lot because I, when, when I greet people, when I, when, when I see people for the first time, I like to say, hey, and there's only w- one way that, that we can respond to hey, right? Hey is for horses, right? Now, now that's when we're greeting people, but when we're leaving when we're leaving, right, if someone says to you, I'll see you later, again, only one way for a cringy dad to response, not if, not if I see you first, right? And all of these are awful. I, I cringe myself when I say them, but I feel like it's my duty as a dad. I have to say them. I have to pass this down to the next generation. But what's interesting about these, especially this last one, I'll see you later, not if I see you first, is when I see that person again the next time, or when they see me, no one cares who saw the, the other one first, right? We don't fight over, no, I saw you first. We just, we have to say that when we leave, but then when we get back together, we don't fight over who saw whom first. And there's an interesting passage in, in, our, in our gospel story in John chapter 1 where we, where we might ask ourselves that question. Let me, let me read it for you from John chapter 1 where it says, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip, and he said to Philip, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And then Philip went and found Nathanael and said to him, 
We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So as you read those first three verses of this text, who found whom first? Now let me, let me read it again. Pay close attention to Philip and Jesus and ask yourself who found whom first. Right? So the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. And now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And so Philip went and found Nathanael, and he said to him, We, Philip, Andrew, John, we found Jesus. We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so in our text, in our, in our writing from the Gospel of John, we get that Jesus found Philip. And then Philip went and found Nathanael, and, and Philip tells Nathanael, we found Jesus. So who found whom first? Does it matter? So here's where we can want to try and answer this question and have a definitive answer on one side or the other. And we don't just do this with Philip, but we do this with our own lives as well, where we, where we say, no, Jesus found me, or no, I found Jesus. We get this tension, and we really need to hold the tension, right? In Philip's world, they have been looking, Philip, the the other disciples eventually, the Jewish people, they have been looking for the Messiah for at least 400 years. It's been 400 years since God spoke to them, since the Old Testament, since God stopped speaking through the prophets in the Old Testament. It's been 400 years, but it's been thousands of years since Moses And so for all this time, the Israelites, the Jewish people, have been looking for the Messiah. And Philip thinks that they finally found the guy. They finally found the one that they have been looking for. This is not a little thing, right? It has taken work on their part. They needed to know the scriptures. They needed to know who it was that they were looking for. They needed to then examine this person, to to be patient, to to pray, to, to, to to, to be in search of this person. And what's interesting is we we don't hear this in all of the different accounts of when Jesus calls people to follow him, but when Philip goes to tell Nathanael, we finally found the guy, look at how Philip responds, or look at how Nathanael responds, excuse me, Nathanael said to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Wait, 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 you're saying that you finally found the guy that we've been waiting hundreds of years for, thousands of years for, and it's a guy from Nazareth? Are you sure? I think we need to do some more examination. I think we need to to search some more. And Philip says, come and see. Now, when Philip says this, he's not not saying, hey, let's go look at Jesus, uh, and he's never heard this before, but actually this is a phrase, come and see, that, that Jesus has already spoken to some of the other disciples. John and Andrew and Peter, just a few verses ago, were doing the same thing. They were doing this examination thing. They were looking at Jesus and trying to figure out, is he the guy? Right? And Jesus turned and he saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And behind that they're saying, because we want to find out if you're really the guy that we've been waiting for. And Jesus said to them, come and you'll see. And so they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour because they, they wanted to take time to figure out, is this really the guy that we've been waiting for? Again, so in this, who found whom? But again, we don't just want to ask this question for Philip and Jesus, but the same, is question, the same question is for us, right? Who 
found whom in our lives? And again, there's this, there's this tension as we ask ourselves that question, because it can be really easy to fall off to one side or the other, to say, Jesus found me, or to say, no, I found Jesus. And, and, and there have been lots of debates in the world of Christendom as to what, what happened first. And we could get in disagreements with our brothers and sisters of Christ just because we, don't, we want to answer this question on one side or the other. But really, it's a tension that we have to hold. These are not mutually exclusive. It's, this is not a one or the other. But what we see is, in our text today is that Philip found Jesus who had already found him. Right? Philip found Jesus who had already found him. And so in the answer to the question of, did Jesus find Philip first, or did Philip find Jesus first, or in our lives, did, did Jesus find you first, or did you find Jesus first? The answer in the cringy dad way of saying it is yes. Right? Yes to both. This is a both and. It's not a one or the other. Right? Because when we set these up against each other, we, we really miss out. Right now we're in the, the season called Epiphany. Right? And if you were to take epiphany, that word, out of its church setting and put it in just conversation, epiphany is when like, you've been trying really hard to come up with an answer or come up with a solution. Maybe you're in math class and you're trying to figure out how this problem works, or if you've been at work and you're trying to make schedules work, or you're trying to figure out how to solve a problem at work, or in your home and you're trying to figure out how, how you're going to be every place at once, and all of a sudden an idea just comes to you. And you solve the problem. That's an epiphany. Right? I had an epiphany, a light bulb experience where all of a sudden my eyes were opened and I've seen the way forward. I've seen the way out. I've seen the light. And in the church, that's what happens in our lives when, when Jesus comes to us, when we find out that we have been found. And so as you look back on your life, as you look back on your past, maybe there's a date or, and a time. Maybe you know the exact moment where your eyes were opened where you found out that you have been found. Or maybe you don't know. Maybe, maybe like little Madeline, you were brought to the waters of baptism very, very early in your life. And you don't remember that, but then through years of growth, through years of your parents or, or, or a pastor or a family member or a friend helping you learn more about the faith, helping you raise up in the faith, that, that slowly your eyes were opened where you were able to recognize the work that Jesus did in your life, where you found out that you had been found. But no matter how that happens, the next question that we need to ask ourselves is, well, what does Jesus say to those who found out that they've been found? And it's the very first thing that he said to Philip, one of the very first things that he says to almost all of the disciples. And the thing that he says to us is the thing that we, the, the song that we sang earlier, the song that we're going to sing a little bit later, where Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. And every day, is a choice. Every day is a choice, and it is a choice that I cannot make on my own. Right? Every day I need to choose to follow Jesus, but I cannot make that choice without Jesus. I cannot make that choice without the work of the Spirit. Every day you are called to choose to follow Jesus, but that is a choice that you cannot make on your own. You cannot make without Jesus. You cannot make without the work of the Spirit in your life. On Friday, uh, one of the great women of faith here at Trinity uh, was laid to rest. Uh, Janet Kirch was called to be home, with, called to be with Jesus uh, last Sunday, 
Uh, her funeral was here on Friday, and as I got to meet with Richard and, and the daughters and, and her family and got to know even more about Janet, because if you know Janet, she'll tell you just about everything in one sitting. Um, but, but as I got to know more, one thing that I didn't know is on, in, on the inside of her and Richard's wedding rings was uh, a portion of a verse from Joshua chapter 24. It says, choose this day whom you will serve. And then this is the piece that's, that's inscribed on the inside of their wedding rings. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Every day for 59 years, Janet and Richard had to make the decision, had to choose to follow Jesus. Not, for them, not just for themselves, but for their children and for their grandchildren and for their great-grandchildren. And also for eventually their great-great-grandchildren and, and even more as that faith got passed down from their parents to them and then further down from generation to generation. Right? They had to choose to follow Jesus each day. And again, that was a choice that they could not make without Jesus and without the work of the Spirit in their lives. But each and every day, Jesus says to each and every one of us, follow me. And so the question that I want you to think about today and throughout the next week and in the weeks to come is, are you following Jesus or are you allowing something that happened in the past to be enough? Are you allowing Jesus finding you to be enough? Are you following Jesus? Are you taking time out of your week to worship him? Do you, do you take time each morning or each day at some point to, to, to be in his word and to spend time in prayer? Or do you let the world prioritize your schedule? Do you serve those around you in need? Do you love your, your family and your friends and your neighbors and your enemies? Right? Are you choosing to follow Jesus in the way that he would call you to follow? Because he calls us each and every day to follow him. But again, he also, just like we talked about with, with you know, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, he doesn't leave us alone to do that. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations by baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and by teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. But he leaves you with the promise. He says, surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. When he sends you, he goes with you. When he says, follow me, he doesn't just give you the map. He walks with you. And so if you've been at a place of apathy or a place where, where you've gone your own way, his call to you would just be to turn back to him, right? to repent. Repent means to, to turn away from our sin and turn back to Jesus. Not to, not to do, turn away from sin and do everything perfectly, but turn back to Jesus, to find out that you've been found. Because when you turn back to Jesus... You, you don't have this whole long path to make your way back. What you find out is Jesus is right there. And he's been there the whole time, welcoming you in with open arms. Right? That your eyes are open and you see Jesus there and he says, follow me. That's not easy. And that takes work each and every day. And it's, it's new each and every day. And there's a story in the gospel in Mark chapter 9 where, where Jesus is, is, is with his disciples and there's a guy that comes up to him, a dad that comes up to him whose son has had uh, an evil spirit. And he's tried everything to, to rid his son of this evil spirit and finally he comes to Jesus and basically says, if you can heal my son, please heal my son. And Jesus again basically says, ask the question, do you believe? 
And immediately, the father of the child cries out and says, I believe. Help my unbelief. And this is something for us that I think we should, we should be saying every day. Right? I believe. Help my unbelief. But I also want to use this in a little different way for us as we've been having this conversation about following Jesus. Right? Not only do I believe, help my unbelief, but, but I want to follow. Help me follow. And so if you know me today, when I put something up like that and I say this is something that we should say constantly, over and over, we should say this often, daily, I'm not just going to tell you to do it, we're going to practice. Right? And so, here's what I'm going to say though. As we say it, I don't want you to like whisper it a little bit. Uh, the person in front of you, no matter how far in front of you they are, they should hear you, right? And so we're going to cry out, yeah, uh, hey, if you're in the front row, I'm up here, let me hear you, right? So let's cry this out together. I want to follow. Help me follow. Right? Cry that out to Jesus often. When you're in the midst of that decision, hey, what should I do? Should I follow Jesus? Should I do my own thing? I want to follow. Help me follow. Make the choice to follow Jesus each and every day, each and every moment. That is, but that is a choice that you cannot make without Jesus. A choice that you cannot make without the work of his spirit who he gives to you to lead you and guide you. So may you find out that you have already been found. And then may you make the choice to follow Jesus today and every day. Right? Choose for yourself this day whom you should follow, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to follow. Help me follow. Amen? Amen. Amen.